I am a Nigerian lady who knows someone that knows someone, and that person is a friend of another. In Nigeria, everybody knows somebody. Memoir of a Nigerian My diary, my friend's discussion, my acquaintance's conversation, all on this table. Follow me and let's talk. This is Memoir of a Nigerian My name is Helen. It's another beautiful Saturday. It's not a beautiful Saturday. Are you still there? I don't even know if my voice is good, but you people just take it like that. It's another Saturday and Memo Benai Jagger is on board. You know, just sit down, relax. Like I am relaxing right now. Take whatever you take, you know, but be responsible while at it. So um, right now I'm in, um, I'm in the UK. I was in France for a few days. I went with Bob Risky. You know, we had the Paris in Lagos thing. So right now I'm in the I'm in the UK and I decided to sit down with a friend of mine, Abdul Karim. We worked together a few years ago before he emigrated to the UK. So we're talking immigration to the UK today. Can you believe that? Immigration to the U- to the UK. This English is hard. But people have to call it like that. So uh, if you want to leave Nigeria for work, study, or you have a lot of money, you just want to go somewhere, somewhere different, you should listen to this podcast. You should be listening right now. You should be listening right now. And if you know somebody who wants to move to the UK, send this, send the links to them. Please. Thank you. So, Abdul Karim is online. He's here. Not online. Oh, my God. I just... We'll put my bomb bomb for you people. But I'm in Lagos, yeah. But Lagos in um, UK. You're welcome. Thank you. Memoir So I have Abdu with me. Listen, I, I worked with Abdu for a few months before I, before we ran away. I ran away. You Hi. stayed back. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, I'm fine, thank you. It's nice talking to you today. Yeah, I, I've really missed you. I really missed you. You know, the, the, the banter we always have back then when, when I was in Nigeria and um, when we were working together. Hmm. Yeah, you, you, you're more like our mother in the office. You yeah. always bring in stuff for us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my yeah. God. You know, when I also, <laughs> when I move out of this country, I'll start saying, you used to be my this and that when I was back then in Nigeria. I think things really changed. What's up? What's up? Yeah, so many things have changed. You know, the moment you just leave Nigeria, the international airport, from the moment you walk through the airplane, you've already had your v- yourself v- envisioned like, okay, look, man, I'm going to a big country. I'm going to a bigger country hmm. to use my mindset. I-, I need to change my mindset. So you just have to start practicing and start envisioning yourself that, look, I'm coming here to get the best out of my life and hmm. out of my destiny. So that was one thing that I focused myself on and I'm still getting there. Yeah. Tell me, before we go into the old greener pastures um, path, let's talk about mm-hmm. the Nigerian community in the UK. Tell me about it. Um, first of all, I would like to say they are the best. That's what I'm going to tell you. Hmm. If you find yourself with the right people that have been here for so many years, I won't lie to you. If you find yourself with the right people, the Nigerian community, I'm telling you, things are going to work out fine for you because they know the nooks and crannies of this place. They will lead you and guide you. Mm-hmm. And you have to look for the best. You have to. You don't have to mingle with everybody because, man, 
they will sugarcoat everything for you. But look for the people that will tell you how real it is. That look, man, this is how it is. So look for the the real people, not for the fake people. Because there are fake people here that they will tell you to go and do something and they didn't do it. So yeah. look for the real people. So that's how you get yourself with the that's how you start living your life once you get the real people, the Nigerian community. That is it. So just look for the real Nigerian community. So I, I spoke to Jamal um of re I spoke to Jamal before I, I called you and um he told me that he is is in the US by the way and he said that he doesn't mm. like to really be friends with the Nigerian community where he stays because they are very extravagant. They like to show off. Is is, is the showing off thing is he in the UK as well? <laughs> That's why he said he said he doesn't really like them especially when he goes to the club like they want to take a table, they want to spray money, they want to, you know, Obi Kubana, <laughs> that's the word. Mm. They want to Obi Kubana, uh, that and he doesn't like it. Like yeah, that he says that he said that um, the white people, for example, they don't even care about taking the table. Everybody is fine buying whatever you want to buy, and he he says that he has a problem with that. So he doesn't really mingle with Nigerians in the U.S. Is it the same thing in the U.K.? Um, I think this one is the opposite direction. Mm. Here, um, you see an average Nigerian hustling because here in the UK, everything you do, you hustle. Your bills, you're on the run, morning, afternoon, night. You do night shift. You do over. You do overnight. You cover shit for people. And this one because they know they pay bills. And things in the UK are very very expensive. Houses, your house, your tax, whatever you cough, you pay for your coughing. Just like you are paying tax hmm. but you know yeah exactly but with the few nigerians i've come in contact with they are easygoing people they are easygoing people students look students the hustle students the hustle that is it they don't have time for clubs and here the funny thing is is the asians that are here that are that are making waves with their money their money is speaking for them hmm. they have the right the best cars like here in Derby, where i stay most of the things that we have here are being run by the Middle East, the Asians, because they know that they are setting themselves up in a community, in a, in a commercial center hub. Mm. So here, the white, the, the British, they don't have time to work. They, they beg them to work. They beg them to go to the school. The British? But yeah, they do. They beg them to go to school. They beg them to work. They are lazy people. I'm not trying to lambast them. But you see, here we the Africans, we know where we're coming from. We know we have people back home where we have to send money to them. We are literally working for our people back home and trying to make a living for ourselves. So if you see that we don't pick your call or we don't send you text messages or we don't send you money, I beg, help us, pity us, no begs. Now hustle, Bubuadu, hustle. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about yeah. money, you know, tell me, do money grow on trees over there? If money was to go on tree, do you know how many trees I would have cut down and taken back to Nigeria? Because when people move abroad, I know that they always <laughs> complain that their families, they are asking them for money. Can you send us some money? Can you do this? Can you do that? So sometimes I'm, I'm, I just want to ask, is it actual greener pasture or is it just some make-believe? Um, first thing I would say is it's God that makes the way. You know, definitely, you know I'm a spiritual person. The first thing is you don't need to work hard, you need to work smart here. Mm. Working hard, you'll be killing yourself. But when you work smart, working smart, it works for you. Okay? If you try to... If, if, if money doesn't go on you, you work for your money. You work to earn your money. 
And when you work to earn your money, you are taking care of bills. Money doesn't grow on on trees here. The thing is, the first thing that you look at, the weather is is conducive for you. It changes your color. It changes your you changes your color when you mingle with the right set of people. You have the rest of mind. Mm. So money doesn't grow on trees here. People work for their money in this part of the in this in the UK. People work for their money. But my advice is, don't work hard. If you work hard, you will kill yourself. But you work smart. Explain working smart for me. Explain it to me, rather. Yeah, you see, working smart is when you meet with the right people and they give you, you meet meet with the right people, they tell you how to penetrate into the system. Penetrating into the system is you, look, you go to a particular sector, like the healthcare sector. Mm. You work there, you can, yeah, you work there, at times you can see nine pounds per hour. If possible, if God do it, you see 10 pounds per hour and you can cover, like, you can work like, 10, you can work like 10, 11, 12 hours and you cover like in a week, you cover like five, six, seven shifts. You've mm. made a lot of money. You've already covered money for your house renting. You've already covered money for a lot of things. But if you find a petty job whereby you have to work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, overnight, do this, do that one, that is working hard. But working smart is get the right sector. Bam, you penetrate into the system and look for the right people that will connect you to the right system. Then your money work, then you get your money, you have rest of mind. Talk to me about your degree. Is your degree relevant to you in the US right now? Um Kamakbaro Mukunolai. Degree is not relevant, my sister. Okay. Many people they come here, they start all over again. Why? Because you see, they want to they, they know you see one thing is if you know you have a lot of potentials. See, Nigerian system has damaged the mindset of people. Nigerian system has damaged, but when you come here, you know, you look, the thing is, but the thing is, education is expensive here. That's one thing you have at the back of your mind. But once getting here is really, really hard, doing the whole education. But once you're in the education system, my dear, all all you just need to do is to make your brain function. That is it. Degree in Nigeria is not relevant. But here, if you still keep, what they don't need is your statement of purpose. Why do you want to study this? And the white people here, they like to be convinced. Once you can convince them that you are capable of doing this, I put it to you and I bet it to you, you will get it. Hmm. That is it. And why why UK for you? I mean, you ha- I know that you had options to go to the US. Why did you yeah. pick UK? Why, why was that for you? Um, UK for me is because number one, I I I I I believe in one thing that look, you know I'm I'm a lo- I'm I'm a lover of you know media and here UK the British media has got a lot of potentials for people and they love young people. US is a very big state, you know there are so many. It's a big country rather, but here in the UK, you understand once you are here. Like for me, I love football. I, I love the Premier League. And here is, they just everything here. Once you tell them, okay, I want to do this, I want to do that. I mean, for me, UK has given me a lot of opportunities. It has given me a lot. With this past few months, I have seen a lot of opportunities I can create for myself. Hmm. You understand? I can see, I've gotten a lot of opportunities. And the thing is, they love hard working, smart people. US, I don't, I, I, I don't know much about US, but here in the UK, I've been here for uh, since last year till now, and I can tell you that, look, for me, UK has been the best thing that has ever happened to me with the help of God. Although it's really, really expensive, you understand, but then they say, mm-hmm. yeah. you understand, you have to give out something to get something in return. 
So for me, I think coming to the UK has been the best opportunity for me because I have a lot of Nigerian community people that have been supporting me, backing me up, telling me what to do and what not to do. And, you know, with me telling that this is my dream, this is my vision, and they've spurred me in wanting to achieve my goals and my vision. That is it. So for me, UK has been the best thing for me. I believe I have a reason for coming to the UK. That is it. So when we, I mean... I, I really want to know, that UK visa, was that the first yeah. visa you ever applied? Yes, that was the first time. And to be candid, I was, the first one I was rejected. Okay. I was rejected. Yeah, I so was. So this is the second one? This is the second, yes. This is the second one. Okay. How did you take the rejection? And why, what, I mean, what, what was their reason for the refusal? Man, the, the first one was really, really hard on me because I was already determined to leave the country then. I was so determined to leave it, to leave Nigeria. But then I, 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 I just believe in one thing. When it is the right time, it is the right time. You understand? Mm. So when, I, when the rejection came, I was so sad. I felt like the whole world was crashing. But then I was like, well, everything happens for a reason. And the reason why, the thing is, one thing about those people, they have been sincere. They will tell you you don't have enough evidence to support what you are doing. They say, mm. if you want to appeal, you can appeal. They have nothing against you appealing. But they say, if you wish to appeal, no problem. So the next time I looked at all the things I missed, the nitty-gritty, I didn't put some important documents in there. And the next thing, my dad was like, why don't you just apply again? Apply the next one. I said, well, ah, we waited for some period. Because our advice you do not rush immediately, you, you are rejected. Cool off. Wait for some specific time. Maybe three months, six months, eight months. Because if you apply the next one, you'll be like, what's changed between now and, and then? then? So you, ha you, you, you have to cool off, relax, make some research. Then the next thing, go back and apply again. Then you see, the first time I applied was like some, was just going to be towards the period of pandemic. It was when the whole coronavirus was going to hit it. hard. But then, God had a reason for me not to go. But it was now after the whole pandemic thing, I reapplied. And I'm not saying because of the pandemic thing, but I think I, I went home, did my corrections, corrected my mistakes, and looked at the document I had missed, and bam, it came. And the most important thing is, if you're coming into the UK, there must be a specific reason you are coming. Mm. There must be a specific reason you are entering here. And my advice is, do not lie. Do not lie because these people they have the best detective that you can see. They will they will check things that you never thought they would check. And once they find out they ban you, that is the end of it. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, you like the media in the UK. And I'm sure mm -hmm. that we all we all know what uh, Meghan Marco said about it. I mean the racism yeah. and everything. And we mm -hmm. also know what happened with the Euro 2020 with the, with our boys who played and um, lost lost that penalty. Mm -hmm. What is it yeah. like in the UK with racism? Uh, Have you um, ever been ra uh, racially profiled? Um, the thing is, um, I have a, a friend of mine that you know the daughter was racially abused. A friend of mine, you know. And they, they were like, that was when the daughter was the first time in her life. The daughter would be like, she would, the daughter asked the mom, mom, are we blacks? Hmm. <clears throat> that was the first question the daughter asked. Mom, are we blacks? That my friends, they don't want to play with me. My friends are not playing with me. I try to play with them, but they don't play with me. And 
how that is how it is. That's how it starts. I've not been racially abused, but I have people that have been racially abused. Blacks, Nigerians, Africans, they've been racially abused. Why? Because, you know, they, they've made them to believe that look. And the thing is, do you know that we ourselves are the cause of all these things? How is that? I'll, t- I'll tell you why. The thing is, we tend we tend to be slaves to these white people. And because we want to get the passports, the papers, then we tend to, I'm sorry to use the word, we tend to be like, bootlickers mm. that is it but your fellow brother you don't want to relate with him your fellow sister you don't want to relate with him but at the end of the day we are we are not still their people it's just a paper that separates you from them even one of a, a friend of mine one of the, the son here in in derby here in the school here he said he said look he's a one-hand monkey oh Yes, that was what they told because the boy he, he has a problem with his hand. He said one hand monkey, and I said eh, the, the, the mom came to the school and they were like, eh, you know, there are kids probably they're both playing and something. Oh they try goodness. to cover everything up. They try to cover everything up. The mom was devastated. The son was psychologically down. Oh my goodness. <laughs> So it, it, it's too deep. Even before the Euros, it has been deep. You get a lot of situations by whites who kill blacks, blacks who get missing, and this one and that one. Even it's not even only we Africans that have been racially abused. You and have the, the other the other yeah. European countries that are here. They are racially abused. Their children have been trafficked. You understand? There was a day I was going to do, I was going to work. I saw it. Please stop sexual exploitation of our young children. She's not a British, but she's from Europe. So you can imagine. But the thing is, it's if the blacks that are suffering, but they are the ones allowing themselves to suffer it. When you when you just give your when you just want to be slaves to these people all because you want their papers. But I don't Come think on. that works. I don't think it always worked that way because I have been racially profiled before yeah. i have been mm-hmm. racially abused for doing yeah. nothing mm-hmm. you know so yeah. i've been to some countries where you you can i mean you can obviously see that these people are irritated by your sight mm-hmm. yeah so sure. i didn't do anything i just went to a country i don't know they don't like black people and i got there and you know the the stare I, I was so uncomfortable so i don't think it's all about papers or we should yeah. we should say that yeah. you were you like it's like saying you cursed you cursed that misfortune on yourself or you cursed exactly yourself. yeah and i'll tell you a particular story again that happened there was a, there was something that happened like um you know one of our friends that is also here because like i said with the last couple of months i've met with a lot of nigerians i've been here for six seven eight nine years and they said that one day um you know the the child just went, like the father was upstairs and i was like okay just go and wait for me outside do you know that the the white woman the neighbor called the cops that this man this black man left his son outside he left his son outside. The man just said, Let, just wait for me by the side of the car. The next thing, the cops came and they said, I want to take the son in me. Okay. But here, you find a white woman leaving the child outside and the cops don't come. You don't call the cops on them. But this man said, that was what the man said. The next thing, um, 
this um, child protective service were coming two four seven to check every day, every day, every day, every day because of but you see there are white people here leaving their children outside to play the man just said wait for me by the side of the car and the child was waiting but the woman said black the black man the black man this black man here hmm. so that's and again where are you looking location also matters like in a, like this place now if like there's a particular place it's only white but if a certain black comes to city all of them will pack out oh wow yes I'm not. I'm not making up stories. Where is that in the UK? That is. It's also here in Derby. Oh my God! It's also here in Derby. You understand? See, Scotland is evil. That my friend, she stays in Scotland, and she said the same thing to her daughter is suffering. That the, the, the that the boy made a statement that you black woman, you're a burden on us. Oh. How do? What does a six-year-old child know about burden? What does a six-year-old child know? So the question is now, what is the parent feeding them at home? Many of them, missing many blacks are going through racial abuse. Many of them, they don't have friends. They don't keep friends. They don't have friends. But if I go and talk to a, a white lady now, she'll look at me like, who are you? Sorry. And if I, if I say, okay, I want to speak with a young lady, they'll be like, they'll be like, who are you? But you find a young lady and a guy together. But here they'll be like, look, man, you are not our people. We are, they will check you. They'll be like, "Where do you live? Where do you stay? Who are you?" Abdul, let me let me come in there. Are you somehow yeah. mentally preparing yourself for that day you will be racially profiled or something? Uh, Is this something uh, you ever thought about or thought of? I've I've always thought about it because definitely I will have to further my education here, and I will definitely expect it. So I've already prepared my mind. But the thing is, how would I react? Mm. We are all humans. We are emotional people. And that is when you start thinking, is it not better I stayed back in Nigeria? Is it not better I had gone back home? Or is it not better I am this, I am that? I'm all, I, I, my mind is prepared. But the question is, how would I react? <laughs> that is another question. How would you react? That is it. So I'm just praying that I don't lose my balance. Because these people will use the effort on you Either they call you monkey, or either they use the F word on you, or either they say they they, they tell you you're like a shithole or something. But is the monkey thing, the monkey tag, is is it still a thing in the UK? I mean, this is 2021. It's a thing in the UK, of course. A black black man. Oh. When they call you black man, what do you what do you expect? Oh. When they call you black man, what do you expect? <laughs> so that is it. That is it. The moment they use the word black man, forget it. You are, be, you are, you are they are heading towards that monkey, monkey place. And boredom, how do you take that? How do you um, explore? I mean, it's oh, you had, you have so many friends in Nigeria. You can go visit and all of that. But now mm-hmm. you maybe you don't have a lot of them. Some of your friends are probably in Scotland. They are in mm-hmm. London and all. Yeah. The, how, how do you manage in that one? Um, boredom. <laughs> the thing is everywhere has a cool spot where you can go to everywhere has a cool spot where you can go to you have the city center you have primark you have so many interesting places all you need to do you can go with your 10 pounds and you're happy you go there you eat your satisfaction and you come back home so if you are the type that you have you are you're an indoor person you can't be here and be indoors because uh, how would you mentally you will not be alert hmm. so you have to go i don't 
for, since I've been here, I'm not I'm not bored. But if you want, if you have enough money, eh, eh, you can say you want a transportation fare is very very expensive. If you you have to take a train to another town to another city just to go and explore, as long as you have money for your train, money for bus, and you have that money, then. But if you are within your community. There are so many city centers in the community. There are so many eateries, so many places, so many parks, recreational centers. Mm-hmm. That is one thing. Well, that is one thing I've seen in the UK. Like from my house to um, like um, the, the 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 city center is not far. From my house to the park is not far. So boredom is no. no I've not been bored since I came here. I've not been bored. We've been seeing some things on social media about some Nigerians who take their girlfriend or their wife to the UK and. Something happens, they send them packing. Hmm. Have you read about um, that one? Have you heard of of a thing yes. like that? Mm-hmm. I have. You know, the thing is um, that if you are trying to do that one now, the system is so tough on all those kind of things. The system is so tough on those. Women are being protected in this country. Women are being protected in this country. Like, you cannot mess up with a woman. They will tell you to leave the house for the woman and go and stay somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So that is why you see most people will come and take advantage of, of this thing. Put in, like, um, you know, a, a friend of mine told me a story and said the husband and the wife, they are well-to-do people in Nigeria. Very, very wealthy people. But the woman and the man came to the country because the, country, the company brought them into the country. The next thing, the woman started mingling with people started mingling with people. So the man was like, honey, we are going back to Nigeria in two months' time. Do you know they told the woman that, ah, look, do you know what you should do? Frame your husband up. Fall down and say, your husband broke your leg. And this and that and this and that and that. And she ended up doing it, broke her leg, did so many things. But the thing, they were ready to deport this man back to Nigeria. But then they had, they had to go to her phone record did they dug up the information and got the yeah hello yeah, yeah. i can hear so you now that woman lost that woman lost her privilege she was deported back to nigeria because she lied she felt that was the best way of making the husband lose everything gaining things for herself and staying here in the country hmm. would you bring your girlfriend <clears throat> so or your wife it. to the uk um the most important thing is if you are coming here and you have the right visa to come into this place, yeah. and you the visa entitles you to work. Okay, you can bring your wife here. Would you bring your you wife here? I mean, here. reading and knowing all of these things yeah. that women are doing. I won't say every everybody's doing that, but I mean, mm-hmm. we've, when when I read the story, I went through the comments, and I saw that yeah. many people say, "Oh, don't bring your wife, or just leave them in Nigeria, be sending them money." Don't bring them to this day. When no, they man. see that privilege, they, you know. No, I will just, thank God I, I, I didn't have, I have not had, I didn't have back then in Nigeria. But if I were to be, if I had, I will bring her here. I will. Because the system allows her to work, allows me to work. Then we can, then what else does, except if, she, if she's a greedy person, if she is a greedy woman. But if she's not greedy and we both understand ourselves, good and fine. That's the truth. But they say when you see money, that's when you see the true color. Of a woman, of a person. You know, exactly. If I, if I was in a relation, if I had married then, I'll bring her here. 
Mm-hmm. I'll bring her here with me. Good. Good. So, yeah. winter or summer, which weather do you prefer? Summer, to be candid, I beg, winter. winter. Please. Karim, did you like winter. winter when you were in Nigeria? Uh, almost. Is it, is, it, is it this winter? Their winter here is, um, you just, because everywhere, you just love the weather. You know, you, you, you know that, yes, but it, it, you love the weather and you, you want to play in the snow. You want to go there, feel the cold and everything. But here, the, here the summer, oh my God, people are roasting. People are roasting. But for me, I prefer winter. But when it comes to November, December, January, please, we need the heat. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Karim. I mean, yeah. this 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 um, conversation is very important because I have questions. I've never been to the UK before. You know, yeah. my gosh, you drew visa for us. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, Bukash, madam. <laughs> I beg you. So when I come to UK now, come and ask you, um, Karim, please show me way. You know, let yeah, me... Sure. The, the What's it called? The... Uh, the media houses, the mm-hmm. hospital jobs, please. Yeah, definitely. The bag. Man, look, this is opportunities available to everybody here. As long as you are willing to work, you will get the job. The only thing is they will ask you, what is your passion? They tell you to, you know, one thing, there was, you know, there was one thing I had to, you know, one thing, you see, things like this, this thing they are doing is, is Nigerians don't see that as anything. But if you were doing it here, my dear, I tell you the truth, you'll be a big shot. Hmm. I'm telling you the truth. I'm not trying to hype you. Because there was one time I, you know, there was this school I, I, I applied for. You know, I applied for the school. But later I was like, ah, I, I was like, oh, they were like, okay, it's that. I'm not your home student. But the, when I created the, they, okay, send us a minute podcast of what you, whatever thing you've done. I'm like, oh my God, look at me, look at my babe, look at me, talk where my God. As in, these things here, they are hot shot. What you're doing, please, they don't need it in Nigeria. They need it here. You're so kind. They need it here. Like, you're a creative, and they need creatives in this part of the UK. They need creatives here. So the media job will be relevant here. That's why I say I'm still going to pursue the media dream in this country. I will. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah. Gas me up, boy. Gas me up. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. This is so good. It's so good to have you. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. So I just spoke to Abdul Karim. See, eh? I don't know how we want to do it. So maybe we'll take UK, maybe we'll take US or Canada. But we are going to be back soon. This is Memoir of a Nijaga. My name is Helen. Don't forget to follow me on social media. Memoir of a Nine Jagger. That is it on today's episode of Memoir of a Nine Jagger. My name is Helen. I'm sure you learned a few things. And, um, you know, Abdul is an amazing person. And I really wish him all the best in life. You know, he deserves everything, every beautiful thing that is happening to him right now. And thank you for the compliment. Ah, you know, when I'm one of those people where you give me a compliment, I'm like, oh, thank you. That's so kind, you know. And somehow I was emotional when he said those words. You can, I think you guys don't know why. How? Yes, it's failing me. It's failing me. Anyway, Sha, we don't have a YouTube um, video today, sadly. Um, but please. 
follow or subscribe to our YouTube channel, Memo of Girl. It's available on all podcast platforms and also Memo of Girl on YouTube. Please just unsubscribe, like our, our previous content. You know, I like, I love to hear from you, your feedbacks. Genuine comment, guys, please do that for me. Give me that energy, you know. Don't forget on uh, Instagram, Helen.moang. Helen.moang. I mean, that stands for Memo of Ninja Girl. Uh, please just do the needful. My name is Helen, and I will see you next week for sure. God bless you. I am a Nigerian lady who knows someone that knows someone, and that person is a friend of another. In Nigeria, everybody knows somebody. Memo of Ninja Girl. My diary, my friend's discussion, my acquaintance's conversation, all on this table. Follow me and let's talk.